Welcome to Parental Advisory. I'm Niels. And I'm Marisa. And we're a real married couple talking about real life, and it's real fun. Mm-hmm. Let's get at it. All right. Welcome back. Happy New Year to all of you. We're kicking off 2019 with a uh, with a with a steamroller. Just just getting things done and <laughs> and um, feeling good about it. Gaining building that momentum. Feeling, be- feeling better, we'll say. Feeling better. Had a had a rough holiday, right? We all got we all got our butts handed to us by the flu. That was amazing. Still a little a bit in denial about that, but. That I actually got the flu, but I, I it probably was. But yeah. we're feeling a lot better. We've got our energy back. So the doctor said you had the flu. What are you talking about? Probably was. She said you probably have the flu. Oh, got it. Okay, fair enough. What do they know? Yeah. Anyway, we're better, and we have we've had some things to talk about. So we thought we'd jump on here and uh, and have a conversation. I'd like to say the flu hmm. wasn't all bad. I definitely the weight loss. No, I, I wasn't thinking. About, I wasn't thinking about that at all. But it's a ten pounds down right now. So New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah, hit check, getting a jump start. Check. Winning. Um, no, but I was th- I was saying like the in reflection as I, um, you know, it sucked. It was a terrible Christmas. But in the aftermath of it, mm-hmm. being able to, I was mainly the least sick of all of us the whole time. Yeah. And so taking care of everybody and supporting everybody, like I really felt the connection with the kids a lot more. Uh, in this aftermath, like that felt like all of them were a little more cuddly. You know, usually you're the nurturer of the relationship. I was laid out more than anybody in this house, so that is definitely true. Yeah, so he I've, was the caretaker. He was like getting us tea and making sure we were alive. And <laughs> well, making all the food, you know, and trying, cooking for all of keep, us. Yeah, trying to keep everybody trying to keep us clean fed because we weren't fed that hungry and in bed and taking care of. But the you know putting the kids to bed, you know, every day for ten days. Yeah is um an, a break from the norm like i don't usually put them to bed every night yeah. and so like the boys in particular were much more cuddly the girls were much more cuddly like everybody was coming more to me for comfort right even which, now dad 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 which, which is uh, not as common in our which isn't as common and so yeah. that's like the the silver lining out of everybody being sick and that's what i say whenever i get sick because i don't get sick a lot but I always say it happens for a reason because I feel like I am, yeah, I'm the, yeah, I'm the nurturer. I'm there to kind of cuddle, and they, whenever they are feeling ill, feeling under the weather, they come to me. When I'm knocked out, I'm not able to be there. So it's always a blessing in disguise because I, number one, have to do less and have them do more for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's also another way for Niels to kind of come in and because he's great at doing all that kind of stuff. Like he's he's just as much a mom as I am, mm-hmm. you know. Well, minus like a, minus lot, of, the a lot of the physical parts. The ovaries and, and things like that. <laughs> I mean, and, nurturing wise, and, like and, he can do everything I can do. He can cook and he can read them stories and, you know, fix boo boos and things like that. So it's really great for me to be able to physic to actually have to be like, I have no choice but to stand back and let him take over. And it's great. It's really I, a blessing. I, I definitely don't bring the same mom mentality to things. Well, I bring, he's a little I bring more, the dad he's mentality. He's a little more tough. Yeah, I I it's good though. Bring much more of the <clears throat> less coddling, like they have to, you know, right. take care of things. But obviously, in this situation, they're completely laid out, so I have to be more of the coddler and you know, nurturer. Yeah, they weren't laid out as much as I was. I say. Sunny didn't get out of bed for like three days. Yeah. Sunny literally was awake probably fifteen hours in three days. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, we're back. Yeah, we're back. We're, we're back. back. 
there was a silver lining. It definitely was a, it was a Christmas we can forget, mm-hmm. but uh, the aftermath of it is, is super nice. Um, that was our holiday. I hope your holiday was great. <laughs> you know, I hope, I hope everybody got to rejoice with family and have a great meal. And spend and, time with your, your, your loved ones, yeah. your community, and which is actually segue into something we're going to talk about today, and that's community. Yeah. Because we're, we're... that's what the holidays is about, right? It's about getting together with the people you love, um, your family or your chosen family, and communing with them. Rejoicing, together. giving. Celebrating. Yeah. Celebrating, giving your time. <clears throat> you know, for. We did not get to do that that much, which is something that we really love to do. So we plan on catching up with a lot of family and friends and. And getting to this new year share time together, share meals together, yes. and really because that's really be together and connect. We. I, I, I definitely agree I with you. That. We we missed out on the connection of just you know communing with everybody and um, sharing in conversation and catching up on oh what you know what what did everybody else do what did we do you know um, yeah. all that my favorite things oh what have you been eating what have you been cooking what kind of treats did you make he likes to feed people yeah and you know getting to share that with people and share food is one of my favorite things also yeah so um, we were we've been just. Just on this topic now um, for a few days and for, for a little time and the value and the, the happiness generator that community is mm-hmm. and how, especially over our holiday and being cooped up in our four walls. Having to live more solitary. Living more solitary, not connecting with our family, not connecting with our friends physically uh, in in their presence uh, as much as we usually would and that we're accustomed to mm-hmm. uh, we really felt that that winter um, blues, blues yeah and just got me thinking of how valuable and how how much we we love that experience of life and how much it adds to our experience of life right and people wonder why ask us why we're so happy and I think it's because we live that way we commune with other people and we thought to ourselves conversely how a lot of society is probably living and that's more solitary. Well, and we're driven that way. You know, the, the biggest thing in this country that we celebrate, I feel like for me anyway, as a, as a child, you know, growing up in the Midwest, Independence Day is like the biggest holiday of the year mm-hmm. uh, where you really do rejoice with a ton of people. And it was it was often like one of the biggest celebrations in my my upbringing, even bigger than like the holidays, because there is some of that uh, restrictive collaboration during the holidays where it's exclusively your family or mm-hmm. something like that. Whereas Independence Day was everybody's family. The whole it was, neighborhood. It was the whole neighborhood. It was everybody you know coming together, and so that was that's a huge celebration. And just thinking about that in the world of community and how we are as people mm-hmm. we were we were designed as social creatures and community creatures not until we actually came together and became societies did we really as a as a race start to thrive right and now how we are kind of living more independently i find that that's kind of ironic though that on independence day you commune with more people as opposed to being what you would say independent, right? It's so interesting yeah. that how we actually live more independently when it's actually the opposite. Well, there's two different things. It's in a that, play on words. Yeah, but in that day, we're definitely commun- we're, we're definitely all together. 
But the psycho the psychology of it all is, I mean, I grew up counting down the days until I would be independent. Mm. I grew up waiting waiting to, you know, take ownership of my own stuff and have my own but that's place how you viewed and live on my and live on my own. You viewed independence just being able to make your own decisions. Yeah. Right? Well, make your own decisions, have your own have your own house, have your own furniture, you know, be able to make your own decisions in But you in, were going to fill it with people. Eventually, yes. Yeah. And so that's the big part of independence that I feel we get force fed maybe not force fed but we celebrate so much as a culture which drives this isolated commute isolated uh, experience of life it's all about being individual well and of each other well and, and if you think about it from the way our our economy thrives is because we are a consumer economy and so the more we can have each person on their own, the more right. beds we it have to buy, the, industry. the more roofs we need, you know, over our heads, the more TVs we need to buy, the more everything we need to buy. We need, everybody has to have their own car. Everyone has to have their own uh, snowblower or power tools or things like that. We each have to have our own set of something. Of everything. Right. All the way down to like if you like when I when I spent time in Europe when I was younger. I think maybe 10, 15% of the group of people that I was hanging out with actually had their own car. Right. They had public transportation. They were much more integrated as a community. Mm-hmm. And in that, you're, you have a different mentality. Even, even when I grew up in the Midwest, it was much more of a, a community feel. It wasn't a, oh, I have to go get that. It's a, who do I know that has that? Who can I go borrow that from? It was... That's it, how we differ a lot, too, because he's always been a... Oh, let's just go borrow it from someone. And I always immediately react to, we need to go out and get that. <laughs> and then we get it, and then it sits here. And we use it once, maybe twice a year or something like that. And I'm like, why? It is until, until the last couple of years that he said, well, let's just go borrow it from someone. And I'm like, we don't, you don't do that. You, it, to me, it was a sign that, like, that you don't have enough, or it, it was a sign of, it was a social, it was a status symbol when you can have your own thing. And when you don't have it, it meant something about, like, you couldn't afford it or something. And I don't view it that way anymore. But it's interesting that, that it's become a status symbol to be able to have your own of something. Mm-hmm. It's really just wasteful. Well, and one thing that I found really crazy when I moved mm-hmm. out here to California was I moved a lot. Like, we, I've lived here for quite a few years. I've probably moved as many times as I've, uh, as years I've been in California. Yeah. In Michigan, <laughs> in the Midwest, <coughs> if you're moving... Like your neighbors come out and help you. Like your neighbors, if they've got a, a a teenage son, they send their son out to help you. You know, they they like, oh, you need help? Let me bring my truck over. They, you know, they they'll fill their truck as well. And every time we moved when I was a kid, it was like the whole community comes around to help. He loves to move, by the way. It's very weird. I have this. He gets excited. About I, it. I'm, I'm I'm a weirdo. So if you know me, like, and you're moving, just call give me a call. I'll, I'll come help because it's like I don't. I'm not one that really genuinely enjoys doing exercise unless it's playing it's, a game or something it's because it, it 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 just brings up those memories for you i think well and also moving is like a big game like it's yeah. a you get at this giant u-haul and you get to play <laughs> tetris in the 3d world with heavy stuff with this giant space it's really like a giant puzzle and it's super fun for me and i get a little workout in it and 
Yeah, you and know? here we don't we don't do that. Um, it's we camaraderie. Pay pe- we pay people to move us, and exactly. those are actually really thriving businesses out here, moving companies. And they're probably pay a couple of college students to move you, and that's a big business. They're probably thriving all over the world. You don't even think about it. Like when we move, I rarely even think about asking my family because I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually think that they would offer because it's not something that we think about. Like, oh, I'm going to help them move. I wouldn't want to. They've helped. In my mind, I don't. We have a little bit. Your dad dad was always there. No, you're right. Your your brothers helped a couple times. See, but in my mind, I don't want to. I feel like it's a hindrance. I don't want them to exert themselves. Right. Right. As opposed to let's just find a reason to get together. Yeah. As a community and help each other, and that's what I always I see. I think is. it's I'm a like, hindrance. I'm it's like, it's a... great. We get to work together. We get to, right. you know, be in in uh, in the same space. There's usually conversation. You know, there's usually pizza and beer. It's like, such a different it's... school of thought we have, but it makes more sense. I definitely see where he's from. You get to hang out and get some things done. Correct. Which and... I'm 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 all about doing things that are productive and getting to have social time at the and same time. And you never forget those people who are there for you. It just it solidifies and it builds relationships, which is important. And you so, really know who's there for you. A hundred percent. And so that's you know like, who your community is. That's a really valuable point. Like the people that you can call on that show up. And actually show up when you are moving, those are like your real friends. Like you're more likely to call them when you need something again. Yeah. And, and they, they're more likely to call you. And that's that's a big um, very interesting side note. We're gonna tangent real quick. Uh, talking with uh, somebody that was integrally connected with helping homeless people get back into society and she was uh, I think it was just a bar conversation without when I was a bartender but she was saying she's like you don't understand how how close a lot of Americans are to being homeless right and she was saying you're only basically two catastrophic things in life whether that's losing a job having Mm -hmm. a major injury something like that basically most (laughs) people have a community and resources for that to happen once but if you have two of those in the span of less than a year, that can drive people to being homeless. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. And so... And I um, didn't believe that, actually. It's crazy. And so, anyhow, that's like the reality of a lot of people that end up homeless. Just I believe had, it now. Yeah. Just have had, you know, a, two catastrophic things happen to their financial situation or their health mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. And I, I will say to... to continue on your tangent is I, I didn't believe it when he told me that statistic. I've always been, uh, I never believe, I believe that people were either homeless for two reasons because they were either had some mental illness or because they had some kind of addiction. And so I was like, absolutely. That's, that's not the case until I met someone that I worked with who actually was sleeping in his car and he's homeless and he's, you know, he's got a great job. He's even college educated, but he was had a couple catastrophic things happen to him. He was a caretaker for his family. And anyway, things like that happened and he ended up on the street. So it really can happen to people. Um, the absence of community. Yeah. He didn't have that. His community was gone. He had a very small circle. And once that was gone, he was, he had nothing else. He was in his car. So it that, can happen. And, and another reason why it's important to have community. And how you curate that community can be a plethora of ways. I, I know a ton of people, you know, that go, I mean, it's, huge, but obviously a majority of people will go to church and you have a community through your church. Right. Um, you know, there's also your neighborhood community. There's the, the there's people, clubs, there's clubs, there's, um, you, if your kids are in school with people, you know, Marissa leads Girl Scouts. I uh, take the Sky to Boy Scouts. Like those are different little communities. Fitness clubs. That's another thing. Yeah. You know, CrossFitters, that, running clubs. That CrossFit uh, community is really uh, strong these days. Uh, what is it? Uh, trade skill workers, you know, um, uh, what do they call it? 
you know, um, what do they call it? I don't know, trade school, but um, meetups. Anyway, anyway, the uh, the idea there is one value that we really uh, had like the best of everything for uh, a short time, but also we still have a really great uh, community um, with some of our neighbors is, you know, when we first had our third child, one of our neighbors who's still our neighbor today, it's funny, we actually all moved into the same neighborhood after living in the same neighborhood together. We moved and bought homes in the same neighborhood as each other. We can see each other's windows from, yeah. Yeah, from our house, so it's great. <laughs> uh, good friends. And, like, when we had our first child, I was working, our third child, I was working a lot, and so they had a daughter the same age as our daughter. And same so, class. Same class and everything. So they'd pick our, our daughter up to go to kindergarten together. And that really super helped us out when we were when we were adding that you know third child to the mix and so yeah. that that community was great and they would walk over to our house and we you know play some games and have some dinner and they um, take our other two daughters to play at their house for a little while while I could stay home and rest with the baby yeah so there was I did a, that a lot yeah there's a lot of that like the resources there it's <laughs> it's uh, amazing and you you know they feel great because they feel like they're helping you you know and then obviously doing the same thing back and and helping them yeah because you were helping, um, you were babysitting their son for a while as well. Yeah. You still do periodically. Yeah. We, we all still kind of do that trading. Um, but with our uh, our previous situation, we had um, some other, other neighbors as well that were like right literally outside our garage from us. And we would do a lot of things that really added like value to both of our lives. Right. Um, so often we would make like big dinners and things like that. And... Um, you know, Marissa would go and talk to talk to them and say, "Hey, what are you guys doing for dinner tonight?" And when she's getting things organized, and and and, and my friend and I would say, "Okay, let's get together and let's have dinner. Let's have our girls play together." We just had the two girls, that, and we even took the girls for the, their girls for the weekend. That's the first time anybody ever said, "Hey, can you take our kids for the weekend?" We were like, "Do people do that?" Sure, okay. <laughs> we'll take your girls for the weekend, and they went away for the weekend, and we watched their kids. It's the first time we ever. Th- Anyway, we took them away, and it was really, really nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so there's, um, you know, there's so many different ways that uh, you, it adds the community just adds value and, and happiness. You didn't realize you could ask your... those things of each other until they. You're like, wow, that's something that we can well, do for I, each other. I always knew we could. See, I never you, thought, you just didn't. That was kind of my introduction into the whole idea of that's when the the tribe thing kind of came along, finding your tribe. I didn't even realize why that was important until I realized that I needed that and that we could actually, it was a mutual kind of relationship. It wasn't just me taking, it was me giving too. It's really, 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 um, it's, it was um, a very rewarding situation. So we find ourselves continually building yeah. and, friendships and, and community. And that was definitely something that you had very ingrained in you is like, no one, no, no one help. ever watches your kids. No one ever watches your kids. You, know? you don't you, ask for help. You, 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 you were very, very untrusting of people. Um, from the from the beginning of us, our, our child and I, I obviously grew up in the Midwest with a single mom, so she was always, you know, somebody yeah. was always watching us. And we were not that way. We were a don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I would at the beginning always be trying to, you know, hey, why don't we just ask them to watch them? Why don't we ask them to watch them? Why don't we ask them to watch them? Like, um, heck no. Yeah. Just mama. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, that's that's a whole nother uh, a whole nother conversation. But the cool thing, cool things that really added value in this, you know, sharing uh, dinner and having that community 
was, you know, in, in many a times when our neighbors lived right behind us, um, mm-hmm. we would each, like, there were two dozen times when they would be like, hey, what are you guys doing for dinner? Oh, we'll, we're doing this, you know, have dinner with us. And same thing on the other end. And a lot, we got to the point where it was, you know, pretty much each it night. Was a regular thing. Pretty much each, maybe three nights a week, we were... Either they were making dinner and we were coming, or we were making dinner and they were coming, or Marissa would even just, would just make, make dinner <laughs> and make double and send a pan over and to send, them. And it's no, it's a, hey, we don't need to get together. You guys can just lounge at your home, but hey, I made, you know, two pots of soup. Here's one for you. Yeah. And so. It was super easy for me to do. Yeah. And I love doing it. It warmed my heart. It was such a beautiful, it was such a great feeling to be able to do that for my community. Yeah. You know? And we even had. To we feed even... their kids and. And we even had a weekly um, feast. Remember, we were doing feast Fridays, where like every mm-hmm. Friday we would just make a make a little feast of food, and people could bring food if they wanted. In the neighborhood, yeah. And so like, um, we play outside. You know, a bunch of the neighbors would come out and you know bring bring something if they wanted, or just come and hang out and have a snack, whatever. But it was a great way to just kind of curate that, and it it fills your cup. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, anyway, it fills my cup. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe food isn't your <laughs> avenue for filling your cup. Yeah. Maybe maybe you uh, add value in just being able to watch people's kids or being a- or being able to help them, you know, take their trash cans in or take their trash cans out mm-hmm. or helping by oh, I'm mowing my lawn. I'm just going to you, you know, you want me to just, you know, kind of run over yours as well if your lawn's obviously not like an acre. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> in the Midwest that would be like, "Oh, I'll just mow yours too." I, what do you got all day? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But finding ways in which you can bring the resources together, mm-hmm. and if you're doing something Lighten already, the load. Enjoy, yeah, enjoy the process more. Yeah, right? and, and being just open to offering as well as requesting potentially. You know, if, right. if one person's doing something, and it's only going to take them a small amount of time to do. More like, for instance, if you're making a big meal, mm-hmm. it's literally going to take you the exact same amount of time in most cases right. to make serving for five people as it is to make serving for ten people. And that's what it does is what it is doing those kinds of things. I feel like it opens the door for relationships. I think in the beginning when we were establishing those relationships, I was more I want to say afraid to kind of like reach out and ask people for things. The more I did the more comfortable they felt asking me for things. And it was just like, it's kind of like a seesaw back and forth. The more things we did for each other, the more likely I was comfortable asking them for things. And it just it kind of, it, it, it opened that door to that relationship. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been comfortable asking them for something if they hadn't reciprocated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know who your allies are. Yeah. And uh, Well, everybody's an ally. Everyone's an ally. But I mean, you know, who your tribe is. Basically, yeah. that was really, really important for me. And just finding that trust level with mm-hmm. people. So um, and who I can trust my children with. But anyway, we, we built a lot of really, really great relationships that way. So and it's just a great added value for the kids as well, because right. there are areas in which we fall short <laughs> in the right. parenting, uh, d- maybe even maybe decision making, maybe we are not um, perfect. That's true. Maybe in different um, commitment levels or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas 
I learned so much as a child. I didn't grow up with my direct parents doing a majority of my parenting to me, and the parenting they did do wasn't necessarily the most valuable to me today. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it was something I had to come back from. Yeah. And I learned so much from my from best friend's parents that mm-hmm. taught me so much more about being a man, being a father, you know, what parents actually do. You know, my aunt and uncle. Sticking to your word. Yeah. That was a big one. Yeah, my aunt and uncle, they did so much more parenting to me than my own parent, more positive parenting to me than my own parents did. And to be honest, I don't even know that my own parents could have taught me the lessons that these other parents did because I didn't respect my own parents. Yeah. And so even if if I would have gotten the same exact feedback from my mom mm-hmm. as from my aunt, it would never have landed directly from my mom, whereas from my aunt, it hit home. And it was, it was a genuine, um, like, transformative, like, you know, next level of thinking impact. So you were open to learning from other people. And that's the thing that we still do today is that we are learning a lot from from other parents, from other friends. I learned a lot about about mothering, you know, about parenting from our friends across the way as well. I realized that my kids were capable of doing a lot more than I was letting them. I realized that that a five-year-old or a seven-year-old can actually start washing dishes or load the dishwasher, can actually can actually vacuum. I was enabling my kids to be lazy. I was not, because I didn't realize that they were capable until I saw my friend tell her five-year-old that he needed to load the dishwasher. And I thought, holy hell, we can actually ask them to do that? They can do that? And so a lot of things that I learned about what my kids were capable, uh, capable of were just by seeing that through my friend. I learned that from her. I learned a lot of great things about how to parent my kids. And it was all with love. They never argued with her. They just... They knew what their responsibilities were. And so from that, I, we decided we could impart a lot more responsibility in our kids. Yeah, and, and the component of what your kids are going to also learn right. by those demographics. You know, right. getting the influence that another uh, ad, uh, adult has on your kids mm-hmm. is huge. As long as you're qualifying, more, yeah. yeah, as long as you're qualifying them, a lot of times they will, you know, learn a lot from them, as, you know, as long as you have good role models that they're spending time with. And we surround ourselves really, with really great other people Yeah, that I feel super comfortable with our kids learning from. Right. Because I may not have those attributes, but I want my kids to learn those attributes. And so, the, the, the old adage, you are the five people you spend the right. most time with, your kids will be the five parents, you know, the five parent units they spend the most time with. Right. So you're... We're careful about who we who we surround ourselves with and who we don't. And exactly. And, and that comes back to your kids' friends and making sure you're evaluating the friends and the parents and you... Cultivate the relationships. Cultivate those relationships because understand that your friends obviously until your kids get into school, you're the biggest influence. But as soon as your kids are in school, yeah. it's their friends and their friends' uh, families and things that tend to impact them and, and create who they end up being or what they decide is cool or what they you know mm-hmm. decide is right or wrong or how they want to be mm-hmm. becomes that that influence. Right. And so 
making sure you're in the right community, making sure you're in the right groups, making sure you have the right families and kids in their circle. Are you showing up for invitations with people who you really want to be around? Yeah. You make time for those things. Yeah. You know, even if it means canceling something else, mm-hmm. that takes priority. Right? And it's it's that that can go back to even your. Um, I, I was just listening to a great podcast by Sean Stevenson the other day, and he was talking about or interviewing a gentleman, and the gentleman was was very successful, came from nothing, and discussed. Oh, how King. Sean yeah, King, I think, or Jamal. Jamal King. Yeah. yeah, and and discussed how your proximity has so much impact Absolutely. on your reality and what you what you believe you can create and what ends up getting created. And in my life, I know one hundred percent. You've always said that when you are putting yourself into the situations and the areas and the places and just being where other people are <laughs> that are more successful than you in whatever, you know, qualifying, you know, um, points you determine. Mm -hmm. But that's part of why we moved down to San Diego is just to be around in that, in that proximity. I want my kids to be in schools where the kids they're going to school with, the parents are influential. Right. And so just thinking about that in a holistic picture of how you can, not just career wise, it affects all areas of your life. Yeah, they're friends. And in the future, when they get older, those friends, and more importantly, the friends of friends, so rep- more like your rep- your reputation ends up being opportunities in your future. Yeah. So I don't know if we came to a point on anything there, but I know that was a fun conversation. It was fun to talk about. We're just... Uh, why community is so important. Yeah. It is. It's important. Try reaching out to, you know, your loved ones, your friends, the people you want to be. Really take a moment to think and assess about who you are surrounding yourself with. Be intentional. Are those people adding to your life or are they not? And yeah, really be intentional about who you spend your time with because those are the people and if you have a family and if you have kids, they are definitely affecting your children as mm-hmm. well. Huge, right? So yeah. Just really be intentional about who you decide to spend your time with. And if they're not adding to your life, it's okay to ease back. It really is okay. Yeah, 100%. So anyway. We appreciate all of you for listening. Please uh, like and share this podcast and uh, let us know if you have any feedback. Leave us some comments. and We'd love to answer questions actually in our podcast. We can actually, if you want to record a question, send it through the app, through Anchor app. We can actually answer them on our podcast you can hear your voice so we'd love to do that as well yeah or if you have any topics we're always open to suggestions awesome and you guys have a wonderful kickoff to 2019 Mm -hmm. crush it and make it the best year yet all right love you guys and have a awesome day happy new year